0: So Pete Mikaitis is an aspiring saint and award-winning coach who helps leaders lead better. His work has been featured in the New York Times and Forbes. Pete has served leaders hailing from world-class organizations such as Google, FedEx, Amazon, Focus, Apple, and a lot of great others in every, every Ivy League university. Pete is a huge advocate for the power of authentic friendships. His book, Team Up, tells the true story of his Catholic buddies working together to get holier. Pete began his career at Bain & Company and is currently host How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. The show has been downloaded over 5 million times and consistently ranks as top business show in Apple podcasts. Pete lives in Albany Park with his wife and baby boy. Please help me, give me a hand for a powerful welcome for Pete Mockerton. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I, um... <laughs> Just the, the, uh, the way I heard you say it, it was, he is an is inspiring saint. I was like, they know I wrote this. It's just aspiring saints. Well, so that's the goal um, in, in process. So, so speaking of aspiring to sainthood, why don't we uh, do a little prayer, if we could, in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for, for the gift of friendship and for, for fun folks who are gathered here tonight. We ask that you uh, be with us, that you would would highlight the the pieces that are are particularly meant for us to uh, respond to do your will. Uh, Jesus, you chose 12 people whom you wanted to be your buddies, and we ask that you would further guide us into who you would want for us to team up with, to have as our friends, to lead us into the lives that uh, you'd have for us. So, thank you. We love you. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Right on. Well, I'm excited to be chatting about friendship. Uh, this is a, a big topic for me. It's it's important. It's huge. And I think that it'd be fun if before we, we go into sort of an intellectual, logical kind of a, of a thought process, we, we get a little bit of, of the emotional stuff. So I would ask that we spend about three minutes to, to kick this off to, to one, call to mind an a, a, a encounter in your life in which you felt like you received just a, a pretty cool, authentic act of friendship, you know, like a friend did something, you're like, that was awesome, and so I'd ask that we take maybe three-ish minutes for, for one, you two to call that to mind and really remember it and maybe relive it for a moment. And then the second minute, share it with a neighbor, and then the third minute, listen to your neighbor, share it with you. And, uh, and then I'd like to hear, you know, what pops up for you? What does that word just uh, get associated with in your own experience? So, so we'll have a, a quiet moment. Okay, if you've got your moment, if you could uh, turn to a neighbor and, and share, what happened? What went down that struck you as, ah, that is authentic friendship. Chat amongst yourselves. Um, So, yeah, that was fun. And uh, what I really dug that is um, I heard a nice synopsis of, you know, what is a a good friend. And, And my buddy, Corey Cicchetti, he's a speaker as well, and he said... Uh, a friend is someone who rushes into your life when other people are, are rushing out of your life. And I thought that was a nice little, you know, tippy synopsis. You can tweet that, you know, that works nicely. Yeah. And, and it's true because, you know, there, there are a lot of times where, oh, if you're feeling, um, there's some hardship or difficulty or awkwardness or people are like, oh, yeah, that's sort of weird. I don't know if I really want to, you know, hang out with them right now. They're feeling low. That's not fun. That's bumming me out. So they kind of... <laughs> you know rush out whereas they rushed in what came to mind for me speaking of 21st birthday parties was uh when i was in college um i thought it'd be fun to get all my friends together and to have like a whole floor uh, of an establishment in which we did and so uh, it was good times uh there was a lot of you know uh, dancing and laughing and joking and chatting carrying on it was it was a big old ash and it was it was fun um, and so we were all in this room and so the plan was I had to make a deposit uh, at this venue I didn't have much money I, I was you know a real college student I had to make a deposit it might have been like 300 bucks which might have been about half my total money But it's like you know what it'll be fine because we'll have a little donation box and all my buddies you know, we'll donate one, two, three, four, five, six bucks, and then uh, we'll be all square, and uh, yeah, maybe you can come out and have the a meal. And if it's a little behind, whatever, it's all good. It was worth it for a great night. Well, wouldn't you know it? Um, toward the end of the night, I noticed that this box was nowhere to be found. Oh, someone stole the box with my birthday reimbursement money. <laughs> and I was... Not pleased. <laughs> I was, uh, it turned my, my birthday merriment into me being like, who would do such a thing? This is ridiculous. My friends are cool. It could have been. It must have been those other people. I didn't recognize. back. You know, whatever. so I'm going through these things. And then uh, my roommate um, in, in college, rather than rushing out of my life, like, hey, it's 2 a.m. I'm tired. Peace, bro. <sighs> uh, instead, uh, stayed up with me for another hour plus, And we were just chatting about, man, that sucks, and um, what uh, 21 means in the past in the future in adulthood responsibilities. Spoiler alert, it was Father Connor Ganstrom was that uh, roommate and friend of mine. And, uh, and I remember that uh, because that's kind of the vibe of, of what friends do and what the word friendship conjures up is, is those themes. But I think that friendship is even bigger than that. It's, it's not just a uh, force that... Uh, Cheers you up when you're you're feeling blue. Make sure you're not dead when you're uh, not in communication for a while. And it's not just the the fix or the cure to to loneliness or boredom. like, oh yeah, huh? What's going on? I don't know. Kind uh, got bored. I guess I'll call some some friends. You I know, mean, that's what friends are for, right? I'd say no, no. It's it's a much bigger than that. It is something that really shapes who you become and your ultimate destiny. It's a it's a big Force and it, it warrants giving some real thought and, and attention to it. Um, the Bible has some really killer verses on friendship to back up that point. And if I may, if you'll indulge me for a couple. In Hebrews chapter 10, we hear, Let us stir up one another to love and good works, not, to, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. In Ecclesiastes 4, we hear, Two are better than one, for if one falls, the other will lift him up. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. And in Proverbs 27, perhaps my favorite, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So that's that's kind of heavy in terms of the the, the responsibility and the opportunity and the joy that we have in relationship with each other. And sort of more uh, modern evidence, if you will, further backs this up. There's a, there's a legendary motivational speaker, I don't know if you ever heard of, Jim Rohn. He passed away some years ago, but his, his voice had some music in it. And he's sort of like a legend in the, in the speaking industry. And one of his most famous quotations is, uh, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. And, uh, and that was kind of a fun little you know, retweetable tidbit, and, but it turns out that there's actually some really good evidence uh, underneath it. And so if you take a look, whether are looking at it intellectually or physically or spiritually, we tend to see that. It's, it's not such a far cry for frequently, say, uh, GPAs uh, to be in the ballpark of the five students that you hang around most frequently or for you know uh, the body mass index or some measure of fitness to likewise correspond to the average of the five people you hang out with most frequently. So my chiseled rock-hard physique, <laughs> of which we can all agree, uh, is in large part due to you know, those who, who I'm uh, surrounding myself with. And you can see it also in terms of saints. A great phrase is that saints come in clusters. It's, uh, it's not as often the case that there's one lone voice crying out in opposition to the evils uh, around him or her, although that does happen, too. But frequently, they come in pairs or trios or more. So we got some famous uh, combos. Are we got St. Francis and St. Clair, St. Teresa of Avila, and St. John of the Cross. We got St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane de Chantal. And it's, it's quite common that that is, is the case that you do tend to be influenced strongly and be a bit of the average of the five people you're surrounded with on numerous dimensions. And there's a really, <clears throat> there's a really fun tidbit from Medium that uh, I think it's worth reading you a full excer- excerpt. I'll do it dramatically so it's more fun. Here it goes. You've probably heard it said before, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. A quote attributed most often to motivational speaker Jim Rohn. There's also the show me your friends and I'll show you your future derivative. Whichever you've heard, the intent is the same. Audit the people around you. Make sure that you're spending time with people who are in line with what you want for your own life, and maybe even better, hang out with people who are superior on those dimensions so that it raises your average. It's compelling. It's provocative. And it isn't true. What? contradictions, at least not in the way that you think. I've been researching the science of social networks for my newest book and I found that you are indeed influenced by the people around you. But that influence doesn't stop anywhere near the five people you spend the most time with. It's far more dispersed and research suggests it includes people you haven't even met yet. The first major study on the breadth of social influence was conducted by Nicholas Christakis and James Fowler. The duo examined the data set from the Framingham Heart Study, one of the largest and longest running health studies ever, when they realized that it covered more than just the heart health of the participants. They studied all sorts of medical conditions and during interviews, they probed with all kinds of demographic questions, including those about family members and friends. Here we go. So we started analyzing the data to find what the effects of family members and friends were on something fairly easy and objective, obesity. According to their results, if a friend of yours becomes obese, you yourself are 45% more likely to gain weight over the next two to four years. More surprisingly, however, they found that if a friend of a friend of yours becomes obese, your likelihood of gaining weight increases by about 20%, even if you don't know that friend of a friend. The effect continues out a third layer, and so it, it says, Your friends make you fat, but so do their friends, and so do their friends of friends. And it doesn't stop at obesity. In a follow-up study, Christakis and Fowler found something similar with smoking rates. Using the same data, they found that if your friend smokes, you are 61% more likely to be a smoker yourself. If a friend of a friend smokes, you are still 29% more likely to smoke. And for a friend of a friend of a friend, the likelihood was 11%. Perhaps the most telling study was that of happiness. The two researchers found that happy friends make you happier, no surprise there, but if a friend of a friend of a friend is happy with their life, then you have a 6% greater likelihood of being happy yourself. Now, 6% may not seem like much, but consider that other studies suggest that if I gave you a $10,000 raise, that would only trigger about a 2% increase in your happiness. Your friends really are your future. So thank you, David Burkus. I thought that was well done and, and worth a, a full read. It's um, it's pretty pretty big deal in terms of who you're hanging out with, and in turn, in, in turn, who those are hanging out with. And so the heavy implication for me as as a dude who's all about like optima, optimizing things and you know being the best you can be. My company is called Optimality LLC. In fact, that that really gets me to think. Well, shoot, if you want to upgrade. Your experience of life or your happiness, then uh, a key component of that is is upgrading your friendships. And so, if you think of, when I think about an upgrade, I kind of think about you know like a version one, a version two, or version three, and how they kind of get better over time. But it's, and it turns out that the the wise gentleman Aristotle did us the favor of of putting friendships into some categories that can be useful. Or for thinking about the lay of the land, your friendship game right now. The first category of friends, which would be the, the lowest level, version 1.0, if you will, in, in Aristotle's world, are, are those he calls friends of pleasure. In other words, it's just kind of fun to hang out with them. You know, you have some laughs, good time, maybe party, you know, hang out, and yeah, that's fun. Okay, good. Right, that, was a, that was a good time. We enjoyed it. That's a friend of pleasure, Aristotle's lowest level. The next level up, he calls friends of utility. And that means they are, they are useful, they're helpful in some way. Maybe they have a truck that you can borrow in all things. <laughs> you know, maybe they take excellent notes that you can borrow and, and reference. Uh, maybe they can introduce you to, to people or things or experiences, and it's like, oh yeah, that's really handy. You know, they're, they're plugged in, and, and, and that's useful. And that, he puts that in sort of the version 2.0 level of friendship, if you will. But the highest level, according to Aristotle, is what he calls true friends, and true friends are those who help you to live the good life. And Aristotle's version of the good life is not like Kanye West's version of the good life. That song comes to mind, you know, with with yachts and uh, fat stacks, bling, ice, if you will. Do we still say ice? I haven't heard anyone, but I'm getting older. Oh, okay. okay, we go. So stacks, yachts, ice, bling. That's not the good life that Aristotle's is referencing. He's talking about the good life in the sense that one that is lived with virtue and lastly, one that is happy. So, so that might sound kind of like a tall order. Like, okay, so in practice, what does such a friendship um, in college even look, sound, feel like such that we are actually supporting one another to live the good life, to live in virtue. I'm so glad that you asked that question, imaginary audience member, because that's exactly where I'm going next. There's <laughs> some suspense. So I to take you a, to a flashback in terms of when I was a student at the University of Illinois <clears throat> in Champaign, and I was living at a Newman Center, I was having a chat with my roommate, now you're, you're a fearless leader, and I was, <laughs> I was kind of bummed out that <clears throat> I wasn't really making much progress on, you know, stuff I wanted to do, you know? I, I had just coordinated a big event, and that was over, so I was chilling a little bit. It's like, oh, that was stressful, that was a lot. Okay, well, that's behind me now. And so, and so then that sort of led into some weeks of, of laziness and playing a lot of video games, and uh, I, was, I was kind of dissatisfied. I was like, I should like, be kicking it into gear somehow or, or some way, but I, I, I seem to keep falling short and not kind of following through on, on what I'd like to do. And so I was, I was whining about this to Connor, and, and he said, well, do <clears throat> you think maybe we should hold each other accountable? I thought, well, that, that sounds like a, a wise thing. Like that's a word everyone likes, accountability, yeah. We like things that are accountable, and we don't like things that are non-accountable. And also the scandals happen when there's non-accountability, so that sounds like a good thing we're supposed to like, but that also sounds kind of like a drag, like maybe you're going to like scold me for for not doing things, and and that could introduce a real weird dynamic that I don't think maybe I want, because, you know, we're we're buds, we're roommates, we're we're chill, it's fun, and and you're going to, you know... Uh, he scolded me about I don't know not cleaning my room or something like you're my mom. This sounds lame. So so I was sort of of two minds about it. like yeah that's that's probably good and helpful, but that's also maybe uh, annoying and unpleasant. And, and then so a, a third friend joins the conversation, our, our buddy Jeremy, and we sort of say hey what's going on? I was like oh we're talking about how we're frustrated, we're not able to kind of take care of business in some ways. And Jeremy's like oh man tell me about it. You know for the longest time I've wanted to get on a consistent running program. But I get all fired up, and then I run, and then I forget, and I don't, and this has just been going on for a long time. And I was like, yeah, well, you're thinking maybe accountability could be helpful with that, and and Jeremy said, you know what's interesting? Is when I was an intern last summer at Nike, I had an experience where I met with my my boss only like once a week to talk about what I was working on, and so I would do my stuff, and and then I would meet with my boss during our our weekly check-in, and, and sure enough, I felt highly motivated to get all my stuff done before I met with my boss during the weekly check-in. Not like he was gonna fire me or, or, or yell at me. I just didn't wanna you know, look like a moron. Like, oh, no, I didn't do that. Why? Oh, I didn't really feel like it. You know, it just didn't even enter the equation in terms of an option. And so he said, I found it very effective. I always get all my stuff done. And so he said, well, why don't we become each other's bosses? We will meet once a week. And talk about the stuff that we care to do, and then, in so doing, hopefully we'll do more of those things that we say we want to do but keep falling short. And so, sure enough, um, we thought, all right, well, let's do this. We we had uh, we're gonna have a grand kickoff, a a fresh, clean slate. We're all gonna go to confession one at a time. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. we're gonna go confession (laughs) one at a time, and then we're gonna we're gonna do this. And so we we did, and it was. Uh, it was fun, and we all kind of started by sharing with each other some uh, some areas we thought that the other person could, could benefit from. So some feedback, if you will. And you might say, well, that feels really intense and uncomfortable. and But it wasn't, because we all knew we were on the same team, helping each other out. So Connor pointed out that I was kind of a, <laughs> making the place a mess in some ways. We shared, uh, Connor wanted to do some more consistent prayer. And so we, we talked about that. And so we just kind of sort of figured out, OK, what are we going to commit to? And I wanted to get a book done. Um, I've been kind of writing a book in the background, but not really. And so I was like, I got to make some serious progress. And so I committed, for example, like, each week, I will draft 2,000 words of this book. Um, and, and Connor said, hey, I want to do some prayer more consistently. I'm a little, a little all over the place. Each day, I will do one hour of prayer. We were impressed. whoa. Okay, cool. And uh, with, with Jeremy, he committed that he's going to do his running as well as some of his uh, networking stuff, so that his Nike internship turned into like a hopefully uh, a Nike job that he would stick around with. And so that was the game plan. We had our, our, our goals, and this time we were each other's bosses, and uh, we knew we had to check in each week, and uh, we would report: Did you do the thing you said you were going to do? Did you not do the thing you said you were going to do? And wouldn't you know it, having that extra force there meant that we were establishing some really good habits and engaging in those virtues in terms of exercise, in terms of uh, doing some book writing, in terms of prayer, in terms of tidying up the room a little bit. And and it was wild that we were building these good habits and virtues. We were delivering the results. Connor was praying a lot, hearing better from the Lord, which went in some cool directions. Mm -hmm. Jeremy was taking care of his networking stuff, ended up landing the job at Nike, and he's still there. That was more than 10 years ago, loving it. I finished the book, at last, so out the print run, now it's available for free, studentleadership.com, student leaders field guide, so that's there, and, uh, and, and had some more tidying, and, and really cool things were going on, and even more cool was that suddenly life kind of got transformed into like this team sport, in which uh, Connor's victory was my victory, and, and Jeremy's victory, was Connor's victory, and it was all kind of you know, through the, the triangle. It was really cool and exciting. We were fired up for each other, and, and we opened up and shared what was going well, what was not going well, and, and really uh, sharpened each other as iron sharpens iron in some really cool ways. So that was a, a huge uh, transformative experience for me, uh, such that I uh, kind of insisted <laughs> that I have this my whole life. Um, and and it's sort of non-negotiable for me it was fast forward a little bit I graduated college and it can be trickier you know to to get together with people at times but I was uh, on my way to um, I was on my way to the airport to visit uh, a little village in Bosnia called Medjugorje and in so doing I got a phone call from my buddy James, who I didn't really know James that well, but you know, it's I like, okay, that, that's James, his number's in my phone, See seen him around, um, college, Newman, that's cool. And James says, hey Pete, have you thought about what you're gonna do when you move to Chicago and you're like, you know, your apartment? I was like, oh kinda, not really, I, I'm not quite sure yet. He's like, well Steven and I, we found this amazing three bedroom apartment, but there's only two of us, so do you want in? <laughs> I was like, well, wow, I mean, thank you, I'm flying, that sounds kind of cool, um, I mean, I, I'd like to see it, I'm about to leave the country, can I maybe, you know, check it in and check back in a week and a half, and, uh, and take a look, he's like, oh no, there's no way it's still going to be available in a week and a half, but it's really sweet, <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, I, again, I'd really sort of like to see it, you know, once the store is like, no, we looked all over the place, and this is like, great, and, and so, so again, we're sort of in a loop here, like, I, don't, I don't know what, what to do, and so, ultimately, and just doing a little bit of thinking, a little bit of praying, it's like, well, I guess here's, here's what really matters. Um, uh, I said, hey, James, are you cool with us, you know, supporting each other and accountability and challenging and man sharpening to, you know, grow in virtue and holiness? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, are you cool with throwing some, some pretty awesome dance parties? He's like, oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, it's like... Well, yeah, I mean, so I committed to this apartment that I had never uh, seen uh, because it was delivering this thing that was I knew was critical you know, from experience. It turned out to be an amazing apartment. Uh, we called it The Strat, because it was on Stratford Place in Chicago. I lived there for 10 years. I had roommates uh, graduate in the sense that they, they got married, they moved, they did stuff, and, uh, and so new roommates would come and replace them because they dug the vibe that we had going on there. And, and they said, well, yeah, I want to be part of that. It was an easy sell. Um, and so, so that was cool. And then you know to this day now, I'm, I'm married, have a baby, may have a second baby appear um, today or a week from today. Labor's a moment away, so we'll see. Uh, I could get a call. We'll see. Uh, um, so in, in that world, yeah, I, I continue. I've got Monday evenings with uh, some dudes, mostly from St. Alphonsus. and 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 we we talk about how the week went, uh, as maybe a spiritual topic, what we're struggling with, you know, what went well, you know, what uh, what's on our mind, prayer, and and it's it's, it's hugely powerful. Um, our buddy Tom, his his mom just passed away about a week ago, and and so during this process of the medical. Um, Situation as it was evolving, you know, we were we were in contact, and um, and he was sharing what was going on uh, in the hospital, and and we were we were praying and supporting, and we had um, and, and some of us made it out there to uh, to be there at the, at the visitation and, and funeral, and it's it was really really huge that um, we were able to, to support each other in that way. I wanted to go, but again, labor is blowing away, so and it was in Ohio, so so I missed out, but. It it was just so huge to know that that we we had that support, you know, in place. And and I've had my moments where I've kind of relied on the group for for, uh, when it was difficult because uh, we are all on on the same team, you know, going in the same direction, supporting each other in living the good life. So I just encourage you to, you know, take a moment and reflect a bit, uh, an inventory, if you will, of your current roster of, of friends slash associates slash folks who kind of hang around in your life <laughs> uh, from time to time and, and think through you know do, do we got some true friends in there? do we got some contenders for folks who could become true friends if you maybe got a little bit more intentional about, about how we interacted because I think sometimes it's, it's, it's quite possible that we could sort of settle for something less than that because like, oh, I'm kind of bored and kind of lonely and uh, when we hang out, I'm no longer bored and lonely. So, all right, that's, uh, that's a friend and that's, that's good enough for me. And I'd say, hey, that is, that is something, you know, that, that's a blessing, but it can be even greater. So I, I would just encourage you to just think about some of the people in your world and, um, and see where they fall along these lines because I'd say, you know, friends of pleasure will tell you what you want to hear and true friends will tell you what you need to hear like in our accountability group sharing some, some observations we had. Like, hey, I think you'd be happier and enjoy life more if you addressed this matter in your world. Uh, friends of pleasure tend to not really inconvenience themselves on, on your behalf because that's not fun. That's a bummer. They're missing out. Whereas true friends will make sacrifices to be with you and to invest in you. They'll maybe uh, drive out a distance. They'll maybe incur some airfare costs. Uh, To their pocketbooks they may be great brave the cold the ice the wet uh, because it's important to them to be able to spend time with you and and to go there Uh, friends of pleasure tend to shy away from committing to spending a particular uh, daytime location uh, experience with you because something better or more fun may very well come along and, and, and they don't want to be tied down just yet whereas True friends will really carve out the time because you're a priority to them and their world. Friends of pleasure will seek out the fun alone, whereas your true friends will seek out your good and what's uh, enriching for you. I had a, <laughs> I had a good friend who uh, realized she had a drinking problem, and so she entered AA, um, and I'm so proud of her uh, because she once told me that... Um, I told her, uh, you're more fun when you're not drunk and uh, most of her friends told her the opposite and she was really worried, you know, that she'd miss out on a lot of them and so, so I went to her, her one year sober party and, uh, and it, was, it was fun. And there was no booze there. Go figure, right? It's, uh, it's her, it's her one-year sober party. But there were other people there. I kind of thought I'd see who, who weren't there, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they were up to. But I can't help but wonder if they're like, oh, that party sounds lame because because uh, I want booze. I don't know. Uh, but some people do make such decisions on those uh, criteria, and those would be in the friends of pleasure category. Um, so I'd encourage you to think, you know, about your own friends. And who would you like to be more like? Whom would you be proud for your children to be like? And who are you thinking, oh, maybe make make I'd like to be a little less like that? And so I would encourage you even maybe take a, a quiet moment right now and perhaps make a note in a, in a notepad or, or a phone in terms of uh, who are some folks that are really worth doing some extra investing in Maybe uh, call upon the Lord and say, Hey, Holy Spirit, show me. Who are some folks that you'd love for me to spend some more time with? To live the life that you dream of me living? And Lord, who are some folks you might want me to spend less time with? And see what bubbles up. Just take a moment silence. You can close your eyes if you like or wherever you prefer to roll. You can get in your phone and, and furiously take some notes. Uh, however, however, you want to roll with that. We'll just take about a minute here and see what names are bubbling up. And uh, I, are we doing the speed friending activity? Is that on the agenda? Okay, so we are doing the speed friending, and uh, and and I think that's pretty exciting because you know I uh, have coordinated the the speed dating at Saint Alphonsus event for like four years, and uh, and it was really fun, um, and I've actually seen you know uh, couples you know get married um, as a result of that, and. Uh, You know, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that what happens at Speed Friending tonight may also have a very strong impact on on your life trajectory. So I hope that you cut loose, you have a lot of fun, you uh, give everybody a shot. And don't skip a person, that's rude. <laughs> there's always somebody who's like, oh, now I gotta go get a snack. are like, that's very mean to that person who keeps getting skipped. So don't skip anybody, um, and have fun, give everyone a shot. But in the months that follow, I encourage you to be very thoughtful and discerning about uh, whom you're choosing to invest in, and invest your time in, because uh, these friendships will shape your destiny